Okay, so we're up to Daf Lamed Hamid Aleph. Now, what this was, this is picking up is a line from the Mishnah that we didn't really explain because we said the Gemara is going to explain this. Let me let me take a second to explain what happened. If a woman wants to collect her ksuba from the Yisomim, it's like any time you want to collect money from Yisomim, you have to swear that you weren't that you're not double dipping, right? Let's say the ksuba is a thousand dollars. She wants to accept a thousand, collect a thousand dollars from the estate. She has to swear that she wasn't paid a thousand dollars by the husband, because maybe at the end of the husband's life he gave her the money, or maybe it's allocated in a different bank account and no one knows about. It. So she has to swear. Okay, so far so good. The problem was the Mishnah referenced that at some point Bezdin stopped allowing widows to swear and collect. Now we have to figure out why. So what they did was instead of making a shvua which is, I swear by the name Hashem, hold, by the way, holding on to a Sefer Torah in Bezdin, they would stop doing that. They, they abolished that. We'll see why in a moment. But they instead said, make a neder, meaning you're also making an oath, but instead of a shvua, which is, I swear that, that I didn't collect the money, what you do is you make a neder, which is, uh, you make a neder something pretty extreme. You say, I will not eat bread anymore if I collected it. So it, it's still getting the point across, but as the Gemara is going to explain, um, it's, it's better than making a shvua. So it, it's, uh, as opposed to just saying, I swear by the name of Hashem that I wasn't paid, this is that if I collected the money already, then I won't be allowed to eat bread, which is such an extreme thing that obviously wouldn't lie about. So it's, uh, we'll have to figure out... She is. Okay, so, the, so Rashi says they would try to pick something that's like extreme enough that it would affect your life. And it's like, I, will no go, I won't go to Italy anyway. Like, pick something like Rashi says, I won't, I won't get enough from Muzzon. Like, that's, you know, you understand. So we'll have to figure out is like, why, why exactly did they abolish Shavuos by this Almana? And why does making a nether help? So the Gemara says, my time, why did they stop allowing widows to make a Shavua? Now, Ilema, Meshem Derav Perhaps the reason is because of what Rav Kahana says. Now, what Rav Kahana says is as follows. Rav Kahana's bring down a Misa that basically, it's a very simple outside, just before we see it inside, Rav Kahana has a Misa that basically shows that's, that swearing is a really, really severe thing. And if you do it falsely, even if a lot of times people would swear, they think they, what they're saying is right. Right? I'm sure we've all had this, where you're like, I swear that's what happened, and then, and then they, you check the videotape, and you're like, ooh, okay, okay, it's on me, right? So, and, and you're swearing by the name of Hashem, it's a very, very severe Avera. So maybe because of that, they just abolish Shavuos. Okay, that's what the Gemara says. Now, there are problems with this Pshat, but that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, perhaps it's because of Rav Kahana. What's Rav Kahana? There was a certain story that happened during a famine when money was very, very tight. So he asked an almana, a certain almana, to watch a dinar of money. He gave her a certain amount of gold, and he said, please watch it. Now, she thought it would be a safekeeping. She put it in the flour. Okay. Now the problem was she forgot she put it in the flour. A fasupas. She baked it into bread. Okay. So now the gold is in the bread without her knowledge. No, no, someone, someone said, "Do me a favor. Can you watch it for me?" This is not. This has nothing to do with gitin and ksubas. This is stam. This is the Maisa Shahaya. That a guy went over to an older woman who is a widow, and he said, "Do me a favor. Can you watch my gold? I'm traveling." So she puts it in her flour. She forgets she puts it in her flour and she bakes it into bread. Then, she gave it away. 
Now, from her perspective, she doesn't even realize that she gave it away because she doesn't realize it's in the bread. So the guy comes, the guy comes a week later and he says, hey, can I get the money that I, I left you? I'd like it back. So she can't find it. She says, I lost it. He, she says, I don't know where it is. He said, you stole it. Right? Obviously, an argument breaks out. And the conclusion of the story is, she said, If I benefited from your dinar, my son should die. What happened? That's how it got heated, and that's how it led to. And a couple of days later, her son died. Why? Because as the Gemara is going to point out, she did benefit from the dinar, because when you're baking bread, the gold that filled up the bread she didn't have to use flour for that little space so it was a technically she did benefit from it and she lied now from her perspective she thought she was telling the truth but it was a shvua so because this gemara the gemara used to say that the rabbanon said if this is someone who swears honestly that's the punishment Meaning, as the Gemara can explain in a moment, she didn't know she was lying. It's not like she intended to lie. She thought she was telling the truth. And still she was punished severely for a false oath. Kavachaymer for someone who lies. Meaning, so, now before we address what the story is, I'm sorry? I'm just going back to Baba Messiah, that we never make, we never, we were never making someone make a full shavuah in case something like this. In Baba Messiah. Well, she offered it. Mechet. No, she offered it. She said, she said, she made, she made, no, they would make. True, but she she offered. She said, "I swear I didn't take it, and my son should die if I'm lying." And now, for again, from her perspective, yeah. Oh, even I would assume this is probably in front of Besson. Yeah, I would, I would assume this is probably in front of Besson. Yeah. So why is it based on the lying? Well, no, it could be. It could be she jumped. The Gemara is going to point out. That sometimes I don't know the exact Misa. Sometimes people just. Jump ahead. They just you, you know how people get. They're like, I, I swear. And Bezin's like, Alright. Now by the way, Bezin at some point would make her swear, by the way, because she she you leave a picadon by someone and then you can't find it. You do have to swear that you, that you didn't steal it. Like that is that is a concept. But she took it a step further by not only did she she make a vow, but she made a vow and she also said that her son should die. And because she did benefit from it, her son did die. Now, my time, Yanish, how did she benefit? By the way, because again, how did she benefit from the dollar? The answer is, let's say the thickness of a coin is a quarter inch. That's a quarter inch of flour that she didn't have to use to bake her bread. Right? She was, let's say, selling the bread or giving away the bread. So that was an extra quarter inch of flour she didn't get to use. The point is, so she swore. Now, the Gemara called it, she swore honestly. What do you mean, honestly? What it means is she thought she was telling the truth, meaning she did not intend to lie. But that's how much Hashem punishes a shvuah for someone who outright lies. Okay, so conclusion right now is the reason why they outlawed an almana swearing that she collected her ksuba, that she did not collect her ksuba, right? She wants to collect her ksuba, she has to swear, I didn't, I didn't get the money. Bezin stopped that. Why? Because Bezin got afraid of shvuahs in general because of this story. Now here's the problem. If that's the case, then no one should ever be able to lie. It sounds like it's Dafka Almanas that they stopped having them lie, them swear uh, before they collect their ksuba. According to this story, this is not a specific ksuba almana story. This is just Stam. Bezdin's like, you know what? Shavuas are really, really bad. I don't want to do this anymore. But then they should outlaw shavuas in all circumstances, not just by an almana. I'll give you a much more common application than almana. What about a woman who's divorced? She wants to collect her ksuba, right? 
there are scenarios, most times she doesn't have to swear, but there are scenarios where she has to swear. We have this ksubis, there are five cases where a woman has to swear. If, uh, non ksubis, we have this, uh, yeah, ksubis. There are five cases that a woman has to swear if she wants to collect her ksuba when she's a divorcee. Let's say he already gave her uh, some of the money and she wants to collect the rest, she has to swear. They shouldn't allow her to swear. Meaning, it sounds like from our Mishnah, it's they outlawed almanas making shvuas. But according to this, they should outlaw everybody making shvuas. So the Gemara says, if the whole consideration is that they were afraid of shvuas, that the Rabbanim are like, listen, shvuas are crazy severe, then my almana Then why are you saying that a widow can't swear? No one should be able to swear. Even a divorcee shouldn't be able to swear. Shmuel said that our Mishnah, which outlawed, Amana's swearing was Dafka Amana's. So why is it Dafka Amana's? So it says the Gemara like this Amana Shani, de Katarcha, Kamidi Asmi, Asya Larui Heter. You know what the difference is? Amana's are more prone to lie. I'll tell you why. Let's say you have a woman whose the Ksuba is $1,000. She was already paid $200. Yeah? The average person, if you already were paid $200 out of $1,000, you'll say, I was paid $200, but I'm still owed $800. By Nalmana, we're afraid that, that she'll swear that she wasn't paid anything. Why? Because she's still taking care of the estate. She's still taking care of the kids. And you could see why a person would rationalize, that that's payment for me. Meaning, because an Almana naturally takes care of the house, takes care of the estate, takes care of the orphans, even if she was partially paid the ksuba, a lot of them would rationalize. And we've seen this, where you see this, where it's like, that's payment. That, that's, not, that's not the ksuba payment. That's just, they're paying me as a cleaning lady. And Almanas were lying, saying they were not collecting anything, even though they had partially collected, because they convinced themselves that it's okay to say that they didn't collect anything, because the money that they were given, that's just payment for me being a cleaning lady. And because of that chazar, like, we no longer trust them to make shavuos. So it's dafka almanas. It's not just the severity of shavuos, it's the severity of shavuos. And almanas were becoming accustomed to lying because they were, they should be reimbursed, but you can't say you weren't paid the ksuba yet, right? So if the ksuba is $1,000 and they already received 200 instead of saying I received 200 but I'm still 800 they were like, I, I wasn't paid anything. Either $200, if you'd ask them, they'd say, I'm a cleaning lady, I'm a cook. I'm taking care of the kids, I'm, I'm a driver, I'm a chauffeur. That's payment for me. That's not the ksuba. But that's a lie. And because of that, Chazal outlawed. Now, what did they tell you to do instead? Because that was, that was the ksuba payment, right? If, but if I pay you, yeah, if I pay you, I don't want to go with Tashimir, but let's say I, I pay you a salary, yeah, for this, for, this, for this month. And then I go to court and I say, well, you paid salary this month? And you say, no. I said, what are you talking about? I just paid you. You're like... You know how much I do extra time? I'm a driver. I'm a this. That's not my salary. I deserve that. You might deserve that. But you can't swear you weren't paid your salary. But because I paid you the salary. I paid you for the intention of being salary. So this woman was paid partial exuba, but instead of saying that she had collected part of the exuba, they would just lie and say, I wasn't paid anything. I had the money, the exuba, they'd be like, that's payment for taking care of the house, that's payment for cooking, that's payment for cleaning, because they're still, they're still widows, they're taking care of the kids, taking care of the estate. And they were lying. So because Chazal of that, they stopped Shavuos. What do they tell you to do instead? Make a nether. Now, oh, why a nether? So the, the way some Rishonim explain is that, it's funny, the Yushalmi has like, says that Nidarim were so severe no one would do it. But, the, but most Pashup Shad is the opposite. Nidarim are not as severe as Shavuos. Shavuos are saying by the oath, the name of Hashem holding a Sefer Torah, it's a very, very severe thing to lie. And Chazal did not want women to, to God forbid, make that mistake. Nidarim, while it's very, very bad to lie, 
is not as severe, and therefore you can make another. Okay. The Gemara says, Oh, what about outside of Bezdin? Outside of Bezdin, she could make an oath. She could make a shvua. Why? Because what's the difference between a shvua in Bezdin and a shvua outside of Bezdin? A shvua in Bezdin is holding a Sefer and using the name of Hashem. But outside of Bezdin um, is more of a rabbinic oath that does not use the name of Hashem and doesn't have a Sefer Torah. Meaning, so therefore it's not as a severe punishment. So therefore what? She's allowed to... She's allowed to swear outside of Bezdin. Meaning... I swear that I didn't collect the ksuba yet. They but can't... Because in, in, in Bezdin, they make you swear holding a Sefer Torah and saying the name of Hashem. So it's so severe. In Almanas, there's a possibility they would lie. Don't do it. Outside of Bezdin, you want to make a swear, an oath outside of Bezdin in front of Edom? Without the name of Hashem? Without holding a Sefer Torah? Yeah, okay, fine. We'll accept that. But in Bezdin, we're not going to allow you to do it. It's too severe. Almana and Grusha are the same thing, right? No. A grusha, no, a grusha would be able to swear in Bezdin because the whole reason why almanas stop is because almanas take care of the estate, so they rationalize that they should be paid. Grushas, right. they're out. There's no so it's dafka almanas and it's dafka. You need both. It's dafka almanas who could rationalize that they should receive payment anyway, and it's dafka shvu in Bezdin because shvu and Bezdins are crazy severe. But nidarim in Bezdin are fine because they're not as severe. Shvu is outside of Bezdin are fine. Okay. So you're telling me that outside of Bezdin you can make a Shavuot. Rav would never allow a widow to make any form of, uh, he would not allow a, a widow to collect Ksuba payments at all. So, okay, so first of all, we have to address a couple of things. Well, because they couldn't, Rav had, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a weird situation. Rav had a problem. He didn't allow Shavuot inside or outside of Bezdin. And, as we're going to see in a moment, he didn't allow Nadarim either. So because of that, he couldn't, he couldn't, they couldn't collect the money unless the, unless the estate was willing to give it to her. He couldn't, they couldn't collect. So what was the purpose of having a super against them? Uh, divorce, or if they're willing to pay, I guess. But this is, I guess, a very extreme thing. It's strange. The point is, you're telling me you can make a Shavuot outside of Bezdin, Rav outlawed that too. The answer is Kasha. It's a Kasha. It's a weird thing that it's a Kasha because... It's it's oh because Rav and Shmuel don't value yeah so it's a contradiction in Rav first Rav allowed a Shmuel outside of Bezim and now you tell me he didn't allow so it's Kasha it's a contradiction now that's that's one version of the Gemara that it leaves it a contradiction and the other version of the Gemara is that Rav and Shmuel are arguing whether you're allowed to make a Shmuel out of Bezim Besur Masnahachi that was the version of Sura but Narda Masnahachi but this is the version of Narda I'm Rav you Shmuel not Rav and Shmuel just Shmuel. That Shmuel says that outside of Bezdin you can make her make an oath and then she can collect her ksuba. But Rav said outside of Bezdin we also don't allow her to swear. And this is Rav Lushitasa that Rav would not collect ksubas from, for widows. Now, the, here's the obvious question. I, I, I get it. It's a technicality. By the way, in life, like this, when people complain about agunas, it's a glitch. It's a glitch. All law, it's a glitch. That's it. There's cracks in any system. That that's the crack. There's a problem. Rav had a problem. The problem was he won't. He, he they stopped making. They stopped allowing them to swear in Bezdin or outside of Bezdin. If you don't swear, then the problem is if you don't swear, then you can't collect the ksuba, right? So if you if you can't swear, then you can't collect the ksuba. So 
basically it's a problem. Okay, so you can't make a shvua. Right? Can't collect the ksuba unless you swear. They stop making oaths. You're stuck. What about a nether? So why not make a nether? Right? That's that's what the Mishnah solution. Why does Rav not agree with making a nether? Right? Again, shvua is out both in and outside of Besdin. Understood. But Rav's like, then I can't give you the ksuba payment. So I want to make a nether. So the Gemara says, So why didn't Rav just go with the Mishnah's solution, which is make a nether? The answer is, In the times of Rav, people didn't respect nedarim. So the, the nether meant nothing to people. It was at that time period, people completely didn't respect nedarim. Shavu is meant something, because the nether is, if I didn't collect the ksuba, I'm going to stop drinking water. And then people were like, I'm drinking water, I don't care. <laughs> but a shvua, which is, I swear by the name of God, I did not do this. That people are like, oh, okay. So the point is, in Rav's time, Nidarm were nothing, so that's not a solution. And shvuas were so severe that they didn't want to allow it. So because of that, it's called a glitch. Okay. Haid? Um, yeah. I'm something. I can guarantee you there's probably going to be something else that's confusing before the end of the death. So you let me know. So the Gemara says, He does the comedy of Huna. So there's a Maisa that there was a widow who came before Rav Huna to collect her ksuba. So Amar Law, so Rav Huna said to her, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Ma'evilach, what would you like me to do? Rav I follow Rav, who does not collect a ksuba for a widow. Because again, didn't respect Nadarim, Shavuas are too severe, so I, I can't help you. By the way, I would assume, I didn't see this in the Rishonim, but I would assume in the times of Rav, he couldn't force them to pay, but I'm assuming people would probably take care of widows, and they'd probably pick it until the, the, the people themselves. Right? A lot of times, the Bezdin can't force you to pay, but, but there's social pressure that could probably, I'm assuming there was probably social pressure, I just wanted to say that. But anyway, so Rav Huna said, I can't help you, because um, I can't pay your ksuba. So she says, okay, me, oh, no, so this is what she says. You're afraid. You don't want to collect the ksuba because you're afraid I already collected it and I'm, I'm stealing. As Hashem, master of the world, lives, I swear. Meaning, she offered the shvur. Instead of waiting, because Rav would never, she just, she just jumped in. So, Amar, Rav Huna says, Rav agreed. That if you off, if the woman makes the shavu on her own, then they'll taka allowed her to collect, because first of all, the whole point of not making her swear is because we want to avoid a false oath. She already did it. Secondly, because she jumped at it, she it's so convincing, we're going to allow it. So by the way, so if you learn this gemara and you were clever, then you would tell women in the times of Rav they won't make you swear. But if you offer the oath without their their interaction, you're good to go. Okay. Now, another story. There was a woman, a widow, who came before Rav Huna to collect her ksuba from the Yisomim. So she, he said, by the way, one other solution probably is just completely making this up. It could be in the times of Rav, they would write in the ksuba, like they would allocate funds for her so she wouldn't actually have to go to the like, Yisomim. I'm, I'm, there were probably ways to make it work that you didn't have like just widows you know, dying of hunger. Anyway, so a widow comes to Rav uh, to Rabbi Ravuna uh, to collect the ksuba payment. Amar Allah, he said again, like his father, he said, My Avlach, what would you like me to do? Rav Marta. I can't collect the ksuba payment for you because Rav didn't do this. So, and he's my posting. Because they, they, she can't, he didn't do shuas, and, and, and in that time period, they didn't respect Nadarim. 
So it's stuck. My hands are tied. So she says, okay. Where do they do the Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. But there's also legal. I mean, there's wills in estates. Like you can't, you can't just let the woman who's a widow just not have money. I've, I didn't. I've seen Gittin. I, I never seen. I never seen a ksuba for a widow. I, I don't know how that works. But again, nowadays practically, I think it doesn't. The money go into her estate. I have no idea. I'm, I, I have no idea. So the Gemara says. So Amrle, she says like this. Okay. Okay. This is what she says. I, I, I get it. You can't give me the ksuba payment. Understood. Then at least I'd like to collect money for food, right? Part of the laws is the halacha is that when a husband dies, the widow gets to collect from the estate money for food. So she says, if you're not going to give me my ksuba payment, which is one lump sum, right? The ksuba payment is basically here's the deal. Just to remind us from ksubas, she gets uh, a stipend each week, or she gets one lump sum of ksuba payment and she's out of their hair for done. So she, so she said, I'd like the Ksuma payment. He said, I can't help you. So she says, okay, then give me the weekly stipend for, for, for food. So he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you can't collect that either. Why? Because Shmuel holds that once a woman demands a Ksuma payment, she forfeits her stipend. You only get the stipend Right? When a woman remarries, does she still get a stipend from the previous husband? Of course not. Why? Once you remarry, you've already moved on. So Shmuel had a Shumrah that once a woman asks for the Ksuma payment, even if she doesn't get it due to technicality, she's already clearly ready to move on, so the stipend is over. But, so, okay, but if she doesn't ask for it, then she still gets it. Correct, but his point is, you ask for the Ksuba payment, which normally, 99 out of 100 times, you're going to get the Ksuba payment. But in this case, it blew up in your face. You can't think of so She said, at least give me the weekly stipend. I'm sorry, I can't help you. So, it's, by the way, due to, it's interesting, because we're following Rav that you can't collect the Ksuba payment at all, because Shmuel would allow a nether. So you follow Rav that we can't collect the Ksuba, but then we're... No, because Shmuel allowed you to make a shvuah outside of Bezdin. Rav was the one who said, no shvuah, no nedda. That was, that was Rav's chumrah. So we're following Rav to not allow her to make any form of get the ksuba payment. But now we're following Shmuel that once you demand the ksuba payment, even if you don't get it, you can't collect the stipend. So it's like a double chumrah. So she got very upset by this. Turn his chair over. That was another way of saying, I hope you die. Because when they would sit shiva, they would turn the chairs over. Turn his chair over, meaning, I hope he dies. You're giving me two chumras. Meaning, she was pretty learned. She understood that Rav is the one who said no ksuba payment, but Shmuel's the one who said no stipend. And she basically said, you're, you're being machmer on me both ways. I hope you die. So, what the students did when they heard this is they turned his chair over. They were hoping that that would avoid the curse because like the curse was, turn the chair over. Well, they did that. They were hoping that it was to avoid. But he still got ill. Meaning even though they, they did turn the chair over, the curse was effective enough that he did get sick. He didn't die from it, but he got sick from the curse. Is that so, the proof that he was wrong in this case? No, it just is a curse that when a curses you. It's, uh, it's, there's a very famous teaching from Rechaim Shulevitz, I'm not going to take too long, Rechaim Shulevitz is one of his like, major, you say this in Sichas Musar, that he says that if you hurt another Jew, even if you have, like, even if you're right, you'll, it's a, he, the way he described it is, it's a fire. You put your hand in fire, it doesn't matter what your intention is, you're going to get burnt. So this is like a good proof of this. Like, he was 100% right, he followed his Rebbe, but the answer is, or maybe he was, maybe he should have 
found heterim. But if you assume he was right, still you anger Nalmona. That's it. Because each because they're not contingent on each other, right? It's not like the two Shilas are related. One Shila he passes like Rav, one Shila he passes like Shmuel. You don't you don't have to go with the same people all the time. Now the Gemara says, and by the way, if you remember, his father was the one who also followed Rav. This is Rabbi Barafuna, and Ravuna also. So Amrle Rav Yehuda Le Rav Yirmi Biro Adra Bebezdin Vaash Bechutz Le Bezdin Vales Kala Vlipa Beudna To Beino Kehidavim Amaisa. Basically, Rav Yehuda told Rav Yirmi Biro he followed Shmuel. Again, according to Shmuel, you have multiple solutions to help out a widow. She can make a Shmuel outside of Bezdin, or she can make a Neder in Bezdin. It was Rav who was super strict. So Rav Yehuda told his student. Rav Yirmiya Barah, allow her to either make a neder in Bezdin or a shvua outside of Bezdin to allow widows to collect to follow Shmuel. And when you do this, tell me, because I want to know that you followed my practical advice. Meaning, I want you to pass in like Shmuel practically. Either make a neder in Bezdin or a shvua outside of Bezdin, but allow widows to collect their ksuba. That's what I want you to do. Okay. Gufa, Om Rav Zeira, Om Rav Shmuel, Oh, we had before that this whole Chumrah that we don't allow you to make a Shavu. Again, by the way, you have to realize before, uh, this should be pretty clear, Shavuas are what you should do. The fact that Shavuas are so severe, that's actually what you should be doing because that will prevent people from lying. So it's like, like, Nidarim are not as good. They're not as effective. You want to go with the most severe because you're trying to prove they're not lying. The problem was Shavuas are so severe and Almanas naturally would lie because thinking that they, that they legitimately deserve the payment. So says, says Reb Zeyram Shmuel, the whole issue for Shavuas is an Almana. But a Grusha could make a Shavua. And by the way, according to this, not just could make a Shavua, would have to make a Shavua. Meaning, according to this Gemara, if let's say a Grusha wants to collect her Ksuba, and for whatever reason she has to swear, well, there are five cases, right? So she comes in and she's like, and they're like, make a Shavua. And she's like, I'd rather make a nether, please. According to this, a nether should not work. Because the fact that shvuas are on the table and they're so severe, that's what you need to do. Because it's like, why are you making? Why aren't you making a shvua? Were you afraid of shvua? Were you lying? So the fact that like it, it, it's sort of like if shvua is an option, it's the only option. So says the Gemara, a grusha would make a shvua and would have to make a shvua. Here's the problem. Grusha the adra lo. That would imply that a grusha cannot make a nether, meaning a nether is not enough. Here's the problem, right? Because again, the fact that nethers are not as severe means that, that it doesn't scare people. So you're telling me that a grusha has to make a shavua only. The problem is I have the following story which implies, which is a grusha, at, and they made a nether. So it seems like a nether is an option for a grusha, not just a shavua. They have a following story from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel. They have a document that said the following. This woman... She received a get from a man named Achabar Hedya. By the way, this is uh, what we had yesterday. They would write nicknames in. So it said in the get that she received a divorce from Acha, the son of Hidya, who was called Ayamari. That was his nickname. Okay. And she vowed in court and prohibited all fruit upon herself if she's lying. This is what she vowed. She made a neder, not a shvua, neder. To like Kabilis Miksuvasa, that the only thing she had collected from Miksuba already, the rest is Oter, but this is what she collected. Glufkara Echod, one coat. Sefatilim Echod, she had a Sefatilim, which is interesting. You don't see that very often. Sefa Iyuv, 
Um and uh, and Mishle, but it was worn out. A worn out Mishle. Mamshalois Bluim is a worn out Mishle. Go to the next page. She made no not swears, neder. She made a neder that she the only thing she collected from her from her ksuba was one coat, a tehillim, an eov, and a worn out Mishle. And Bezdin uh, evaluated that that was worth 85 mana. Those products are worth 85 mana. And so the document said, she is entitled to the rest. That was the document that she had. What do you see from this? This is a divorcee, Grusha, and it's a nether. It doesn't say shvua, it says nether. I thought a nether is not good enough for a, for a divorcee. Because I thought a divorcee can and must make a shvua. The answer is, this get, uh, was, she was actually a widow. It says divorce. The answer is, how do you have, it's like a trick question, how do you ever have a widow that's divorced? The answer is, she's a widow, she's waiting Yivam, and the brother gave her a divorce. And if you remember from Yivamas, when one of the brothers gives a divorce, it's rabbinically a divorce, to the extent that she can only do chalitza. But that's the document that she had. So when she's collecting her ksuba from her first husband's estate, it was technically a get, but she's really a widow. So the reason why she made a neder and not a shvu is because she's a widow. Why is it called a divorce? Because technically, after the death, the yavam gave her a divorce document. But going back, uh, uh, a widow can only make a neder and a divorcee has to make a shvu. This example of a divorcee making a neder is where she's actually a widow. A neder because a widow can't make a shvu. But she has to say something. Correct. 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 Became a divorce document? Correct. Because she has to, because basically the widow is coming in with a ksuba, but the, the ksuba, in addition to the, you can't just collect the ksuba because then they're going to say, well, why didn't you do yibum? Right? You have to have all the documentation. So this documentation is called a divorce because it's a divorce. It's, it's basically the document that, that the husband, uh, that the second, the brother gave. Okay. Weiter in the Gemara. Hiskin Rav Deras. Okay. Says the Gemara like this. So a, a, a widow cannot make a shvua, but she makes a nether. Okay. Says the Gemara, Amrav Huna, Laishanu, Nisus. Nisus ain't madir in Oisa. A widow, right? A widow wants to collect a ksuba. So she can't make a shvua, she makes a nether. Yeah, very good. Says the Gemara, once she remarries, she can't make a nether either. Why? Why can't she make a nether either? Think about it. Once she remarries, she has a husband. What, 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 how does a nether work? How does a nether work? I know, I'll explain. How does a nether work? She says, if I took that ksuba, I can't drink any more soda, or I can't drink any more water. But once, she has a, once she remarries, she's got a husband. The husband could be Mata Nadarim. So her nether is meaningless. The whole point of a nether is that, that it's, it's, it's scaring her so that we think she's not going to lie. If she's got a husband, she'll lie. And she'll be like, let's say she'll actually have collected Iksuba. She's lying. And she'll get in court. And she said, well, if I collect Iksuba, I will never drink water again. That's a bold-faced lie. She'll go home and be like, Mata Nadarim, Mata Nadarim. He's like, I got you. Okay, there you go. Can a father also be Mata Not when she's remarried. No, a, a, a father also, not when she's, when she's married already, the father can't do it anymore. Correct, but the point is, so so once she remarries, then the, then her husband could be mat another. So if she wants to collect her ksuba as a widow, she has to do it before she remarries. Because once she remarries, she can't make a shavu anymore because that was out. She can't make an adarim anymore either because the husband the husband will just be mat another. 
So the Gemara says, Nisus my taima de mefer labal. Oh, kiloy nisus nami lechininsuba mefer labal. Wait a minute. I'm just I'm sorry. so. Why could any widow do it? Why why aren't you we afraid like this? She'll make another, and then when she marries her husband will be matir nedarim for what she made before. The answer is, This is a rule that we had in nedarim, that a husband cannot revoke a vow that she made before they got married. Meaning, if you get married to a woman and she's like, oh, I made a nedar like three years ago before we met. Can you be matir nedar? No, cannot. Therefore, any widow is able to be making it. Husband has no power to make to be matir nedarim that take place before the marriage. It's not in his power. So they have, huh? So why is it saying different? No, no, even even if it affects him. Yeah. So why is it saying different? So that's the point. Uh, a widow can make a nether, and we're not afraid that when she remarries, the husband is going to be mater nether, and she'll, let's say, lie based on the confidence because the husband can't. But once she remarries, she can't do it because then it's meaningless. The husband will just be matanada right away. Now the Gemara says, Again, here, the, the basic premise is that if you can be matanada, then the nether is meaningless. Every widow can make a nether because how is it going to go away? She's a widow. There's no one to be matanada. If she remarries, then she can't because the husband will matanada. Let me ask you, Kasha, why aren't you saying it like this? Every widow should not be able to make a nether. Why? She'll go to a rabbi. She'll go to a rabbi. Chacham, you can right the 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 the, the, hus, the, the rabbi can 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 be mat another. So why aren't you afraid that she's going to make another? She'll lie and she'll just go to a rabbi. The answer is kesavet sarich lefaris another. As we're going to see in a little bit, it's a machlekes. How much details do you have to tell a rabbi when you want a rav to be mat another to do ataras uh, for a Um This gemara assumes that you have to tell him everything. No rabbi would be mater neder. Imagine the widow goes into the rabbi. I made a neder that I'm not going to drink water. He's like, well, that's crazy. I'll help you. What were the details of it? And she said, well, I, I made a neder in court that if I already collected ksuba, and, uh, and then I'm, I can't drink the water because now I'll be stealing. But I did collect the ksuba, and I am stealing. Can you help me? No. No, I can't. So the reason why there's no, there's no, no, Gavin. So the reason why, the reason why there's no concern is because you have to actually tell the rabbi all the details. Says the Gemara, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, I actually have a solution that a woman who's already remarried can collect her ksuba with a nether. I, why aren't you concerned that a husband will just be mater nether? So what's the fear? The answer is, you make her vow in public. This opinion holds, it's a machlekes, there's an opinion that holds that if a woman makes a vow in public, a husband cannot be matter. It's too, um, it's too chashiv of a vow. So if you make her make a nether in public, what are you afraid of? That she's lying and she'll go to her husband matter nether? The husband can't be matter nether, shabarabim. Therefore, what she obviously is telling the truth. Okay. So it's a machlekes whether a woman who's remarried can still collect the ksuba with a nether. The Brysa says, if a woman remarried, she can make a nether. Oh, so you see, clearly, even after a woman remarries, she can make a nether. My love, nether hasha, is not referring to a case where she remarried and then she's making a nether, and you see that it's a possibility. No, what the Brysa means is, she could collect the ksuba if she remarries as long as she made the nether before she remarries. But the nether had to have taken place before. But once the nether takes, once she's remarried, it's too late. The Gemara says, Hatanya Nisus Neideris Wait a minute. This Brysa clearly states, if she remarries, then she can make a nether. So that's a, a clear proof that you could have such a situation where a woman remarries and then makes the nether, 
and we're not concerned about the husband being mounted because I guess it's done in public. So it's a it's a so it seems to be a proof. Um, uh, not like Ravuna, it's more like uh, Rabbi Nachman. So the Gemara says, Tanohi, it's actually a machloikas Tanohim. Ik l'mandomer nether shuhudah barabim yesh l'hafara, v'ikr l'mandomer ain l'hafara. There's two Tanohim, and that's how you would hold, uh, that would uh, set this machloikas. There's a machloikas Tanohim, if a woman made a nether barabim, can the husband be matinadarim? If you hold the husband can be matinadarim, then a woman who remarries can never collect her ksuba. Why? Any nether she makes is going to be a lie, and her husband will just be matinadar, even if she does it public. If you hold that a nether done in public cannot be re- removed by the husband, so then a woman who remarries, let her make a nether in public that she didn't collect the ksuba, and the husband can't be matinadar. So therefore, she's obviously telling the truth. Making it in public? No, we said, no, it's machal yeah. I, I don't remember it to be completely honest, but I don't remember so much. Anytime if a woman makes a nether barabim, then it's a machlegas. Right. Because so, think about it. A mom's going to make a nether, yeah? It's, it's to prove that she's there. If you could be mat nether two minutes later, what, what's, the, what's the teeth of her nether? It means nothing. Anytime you can make a nether and her husband could just remove it, then they'll go in cahoots right. together. Because so she, wants, she wants to collect her ksuba. She's remarried, she wants to collect her first husband's ksuba. Right, it's owed to her. Right. It could be thousands of dollars. So we have to make sure that she's not double dipping and she's not stealing from the estate. Right. So she's going to make a nether. But her husband will just remove the nether. So what's the point? So the answer is, if you've done it barabim and you hold the husband cannot be matu nether and barabim, then it's a legitimate nether. Now the Gemara says, This is a very interesting kasha. If you want to go to a rabbi to annul a vow, how much information do you have to tell a rabbi? I don't remember this in the Dharma at all, by the way. But how much, how much, how much information do you have to tell the rabbi for Atarah's Dharma? Do you have to tell him the details or not? Very interesting. Obviously, you have to tell him the subject of the vow. But the question is, do you have to get into all the details? Meaning, you go in, you go into a rabbi, and you said, "I made a neder that I will not, um, that I'll not wear clothes, uh, that I'll not wear uh, pants." So the rabbi hears that and he's like, "Well, that's ridiculous." Or do you have to tell the rabbi all the details? Because he'll say, well, why'd you do that? And then you start telling him the stuff. The question is, how much details do you need to tell the rabbi? Do you have to just tell him the subject of the vow or the background? Says the Gemara, it's a machlekes. Rav Nachman, I'm an Eitzarich, Rav Papa, I'm an Eitzarich. It's a machlekes, Rav Nachman, Rav Papa. Rav Nachman, I'm an Eitzarich. Rav Nachman says, you don't have to tell him why. Rav Nachman says, don't tell him, I'll tell you why. The more information you give him, then maybe you could argue that the rabbi was only matineder because he didn't hear all the information. Meaning if you have to tell him 100% of the information and you only tell him 80% and the rav gave a heter, maybe he only gave a heter because he didn't hear all 100%. But had he known 100%, he wouldn't. I'd rather just go, subject, he wants to ask more information, fine, but you don't have to tell him. Because once you have to start telling him stuff, then what if you didn't? And then you can give him all the information. And he can have all the information. And he made it under false pretenses. Not a good another. Just let's just keep it simple. Let him just be mater based on the information that he has. He doesn't need everything. Okay. Again, I guess I'm thinking in extreme cases. You walk in and you say, I made a nether. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna feed my children. The rabbi's like, I don't need to hear anything else. It's fine. Motalach. I get it. You know. Rav Papa says, Sarah, why? Michelle Mills is Rav Papa says, you have to hear that. Why? I'll I'll tell you why. What if you have someone that goes into court and he, she says, I made a nether. He says, I made a nether. I'll never feed my children again. And the rabbi's like, okay, why? And he's like, because I was having a hard time um, not eating pork. So I said, if I eat pork again, then I will not feed my children. 
so I'd like to eat pork, please. And he's like, oh, no then. I'm not going to help you then. That's why you have to hear all the information, because you don't know the motivation of the nether. Maybe it has to do with Isura. Maybe the nether was to prevent him from doing an Isser, and I can't help you. I'm, I, can't, I can't be involved in allowing you to do an Isser. So, but, but, over the, but my point is, there are certain circumstances where you made a nether as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, as a border to stop you from doing an Isser, and I, I can't remove that in order to allow you to do an Isser. My, my point is, it's not that I'm going to allow you, it's not like you're, it's on me, but I'm not going to be involved in this. The rabbi has to know what was the motivation, because what if the motivation was really evil? That's my point. So, so this was a case where she didn't need pork? No, this is just in general. Does, what, what does a rabbi need to know before, before doing a Torah? If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Mi Yisura, Shem al davar iser nadra, kigoyin al givik suvas, gen yesra like kol aper shabaylam, im avar aver Right? She said, uh, if I do this, if I do this avera, then I won't be able to drink any water. So she just comes in and says, "I made another. I'm not going to drink any water." And he's like, "Well, what was the information?" She said, "Well, if I if I do an avera, then I can't drink any water. So don't do the avera, but I want to. <laughs> okay, so, so, so okay. I'm not going to help you. Like, you got to hear all the information. Uh, let's just end off with this. Tanan." Hanoi say noshim ba'avera apostle. If a koyin marries a woman he's not allowed to marry, then he's apostle for doing the avoda. Okay, so far so good. Right, koyin marries a grusha, he can't work in the base of English. What if? So the question is like this, very quickly. What if um, does he have to divorce the woman to make him reinstated into the base of English? No. Achiyidar hano. If he makes a neder asering her, because divorce takes time. Let's say he goes to the rabbi and he says, "Listen, I married a grusha." I'd like to serve in the Beis HaMikdash. So they said, well, you can't. So he said, I'm going to get divorced. But you, she's away on vacation. It takes me three days to get a sofa. I, I, I want to serve now. So make a neder that you will never benefit from this woman again, which is basically severing the relationship. Then you could serve in the Beis HaMikdash. You can make the vow asering her from benefit from you. Oivid, then you could serve right away, and then you could divorce her later. Meaning you don't even have to divorce her right away. Here's the kasha. Here's the kasha. If you can go to a rabbi, if you can go to a rabbi and not tell him all the details, why, why aren't you afraid of this? A koyin marries a divorcee. He wants to serve in the base Amikdash. They said, you can't unless you divorce her. So he's like this. I don't want to divorce her. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell the rabbis like this. I'll make a nether that I will never benefit from her again, which is basically effectively making you get a divorce. He starts serving the Bissam English, but he wants to stay with her. So you know what he does? He goes to a rabbi and he says, I made a nether asering my wife upon me. And it is true. Yeah, he said, I will never benefit from her at all. I will not benefit from her at all. So the rabbi, if the rabbi doesn't have to hear the details, you know what the rabbi is going to do? Motolach, motolach, motolach. But he didn't ask the question. And if he would have asked the question, you know what the guy would have said? Well, he would say, well, why'd you do that? And, she, and he would say, because I'm a Kayan serving the Beis Amikdash and she's a Grusha and I had to in order to serve in the Beis Amikdash because then I would get divorced, but I don't want to get divorced and I don't really care about God. So then the rabbi hears all that. If you hold that the rabbi doesn't have to ask any questions, then why aren't you afraid that he's going to make the nether, go to a rabbi, get Ataris and Dharam without the rabbi hearing all the information, then he'll stay married to divorcee. So says the Gemara, the answer is, you made a neder berabim. Okay. All right. The answer is, you made a neder berabim, and this is a following the view that holds that if you make a neder berabim, um, if you make a neder berabim, there's no hataras nadar. So if you made a neder berabim, then there's no way for the rabbi to annul it.
I will stop here. All right, pleasure.